Um, I thought uh, it was uh, rather interesting. I've uh, chosen this scripture that's on the front of your bulletin. Everybody have a bulletin? Um, before all the snow took place. And uh, it just, I don't know, there just seems to be a little humor about that. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Hmm. That was, that was really supposed to be funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, if that's, I hope that's not a, a precursor to what's coming next. Um, I would like you to take note of, I don't do nearly as good a job as Lindsay, do I? Just have to say, you can, you can agree on that. Um, you can say amen, maybe. Uh, praise the Lord or something. Um, none of the above. Is everybody okay? Just a little, yeah? A little numb. Wasn't that a beautiful time of worship together? Oh my goodness. I just like really got lost in that. I really thank you, Travis. And the boys of the band. In the band, yes, thank you. Um take note that the family meeting is rescheduled. And there's a little I had some questions from some people about well, what is a family meeting and who's supposed to come? So I thought I'd just put a little something simple in the bulletin regarding that. Um, and it'll also remind we'll go out. <clears throat> Don't forget the uh, ladies mini conference. I call it a mini conference. Um, and Stephanie Campbell has made some posters for that event that are available to anyone back there on the information table. That if, if you know of a place where you could take one of these and put it up that you feel like it would be effective and the people would see it and the proprietors, is that the word? The people who own the businesses would not mind. Please make a note to yourself that you placed one and where you placed it so that when it's over, you can go back and get it. They will love you for that. I promise. I promise. Or they'll appreciate it. I don't know if they'll love you. They will appreciate it. Children, are, are we doing? Toddlers will be, and the fours, five will be together on this side. I overate at breakfast. Does that count? Is that. Okay. As usual, if you'd like to keep your children in with you, that's fine. Uh, I thought I, I thought I heard some of the teachers say hallelujah. No, I didn't. No, <laughs> didn't really hear that. They love what they do. It's good. Isn't it good? And they love the children. It's nice. Hey, so this morning, <clears throat> it's it's kind of kind of fun. I can't help this. I'm gonna have to do this. It's just I just. I feel much better. <laughs> That's the and so now you know me. No, true to form. Together, the title of the sermon is together. And what I want, I want to look at some different scriptures that we normally use to support other concepts, uh, some other biblical concepts. But within those scriptures, there there is a distinct picture. Of what the church was like 
in the first century, well, in the first part of the first century. And, and so the dynamics of being together. And I'll, I'll, that's what I want to concentrate on this morning. So the scripture that I've chosen as, as the key and central scripture is Hebrews 10, 25. Uh, in the New Living Translation, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of His coming back again is drawing near. Now that, there's a lot in there. There's some interesting statements like 2,000 years ago, the writer of Hebrews says, especially now that the day of His coming back again is drawing near. Well, we're 2,000 years closer to that. But I think the principles are still the same. Number one, you can't neglect something that's not already happening. So it assumes, when the writer of Hebrews says, don't neglect our meeting together, that they were meeting together. I think we can pretty safely assume that. Because they had the opportunity to neglect that. The other thing is, there was a purpose, an overriding admonition, if you will, that when you meet together, there's a reason. You need to be encouraging one another. You need to be encouraging one another. Sometimes when you get off on your own and everything, and, and our enemy whispers in your ear things that... The song, and I'm loved by you, I'm loved by you... The, the, our enemy will tell us we're not loved by him or that we're not accepted by him. But the truth is in the scripture that we're accepted in the beloved, right? And so when we get together as believers, we can encourage one another in those things. You can't. It's hard for the enemy of our souls, the wolf, to to separate us from the herd, if you will, and take us out. It's, it's, it's important that we do this, that we don't neglect that meeting together as some people do. Now, what does that verse conjure in your mind? Like when you hear that verse, what do you, what do you think of? Every, almost everybody has an, an immediate response to that. It can be somewhat knee-jerk or it can be just you've heard it, you've read it. Maybe you feel convicted. Maybe you think it's bogus. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just asking, what do you think? Does it remind you of something we hear often these days. Now, for me, it does. Because it's very common these days for people to say, well, I don't need to go to church. And I, I would somewhat agree with that. Except, meeting together is a critical part of being the church. The church is made up of many. The church doesn't exist as one person here one person there, one person there. Now, the church, the true church, capital C, church, is obviously made up of all those who believe. Now, it's a little cumbersome, perhaps, perhaps impractical even, for all the believers in the world to meet together. Just, just, yeah, just wouldn't work. So, there, there are groups, and there are some groups and some labor alert groups, by one name and some label their group by another name and some actually have large connected groups that are under one umbrella and name. Some are 
of the denomination called non. We have uh, <laughs> that was a uh, Ron Odom uh, uh, little saying there. Miss that man. But there are groups and then there are those, especially nowadays, who would consider that, quote, organized religion, unquote. And I don't think Jesus even liked organized religion. But what he was okay with was meeting together. In fact, he would get off with his disciples and they would have meetings. And he would explain parables, right, that he told to the masses. Meetings are important. Jesus had them. Getting together is critical. You know, the, 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 the dynamics, the relational dynamics of the disciples of Jesus for those three years was very interesting. He had so many different personalities, right? So many, uh, some, several different backgrounds. Um, and, and so you would have these things and one would say, you know, it's like, like when they were going, hey, John, uh, their mother, he's saying, which one of my boys, you know, can you have one sit on the right and one sit on the left? And it's like, mm. well, they were together so they could discuss that, you know, right? And everybody could get, you know, oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's, really not, that's really not what this is all about. But there was a meeting, you know. They met in the upper room together and Jesus called that meeting. And uh, if, if any of the disciples would have said, well, you know what, Jesus, I, I really don't like organized religion, so I'm not going to come to your meeting. That's bogus, you know. Now, you can't organize a person's faith, their response to the Lord Jesus, their response to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit calls a person, you can't organize that. You can't orchestrate that. We can share the gospel like we're supposed to do. We can sow the seeds like we're supposed to do. And then the Lord and the Lord alone gives the increase. The Lord alone can turn on the light, right? The Holy Spirit can bring that realization and that revelation and so you can't organize that. But you know what? We can do things that, that put together strategies. Paul, for instance. I love, I love Paul. And this is a little different than Celebration 1. But Paul took advantage of every opportunity that he had. And he would shift the way he addressed the people that he was speaking to. So that they would understand. It was strategy. Paul... Paul you know, talking about the, uh, the unknown God. Well, if he had talked to the unknown God about to, to other people, it wouldn't have made any sense. It wouldn't have been an inroad. But he strategized because he knew that that was an inroad to share Jesus with those people. Is that, see what I'm saying? So this, it's organization in that respect, but it's not organization to the point where I tell you how to worship. Or I tell you how to, you know, I can't do that. Because you're you. Not me. And then there'll be, there'll be groups that'll worship in one fashion. There'll be other groups that worship in another fashion. And there's some, and it's okay. It's really okay. The critical part is that it's not lewd and obscene, okay? All right? That it's not ungodly. But that it's a true expression from the heart. We must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And we can do that on our own. And we can do that in a meeting. We're going to look at some meetings. In the, in the New Testament. Alright. <laughs> what is kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this right here. Um, I want to. <laughs> neglect, encourage and warn. 
Let's move on in Acts 2, 44 through 47. This is, this is right after Pentecost. We're actually going to go back in Acts 2 to when the Holy Spirit fell. But I want to get to this part because it, it's an interesting picture of what the church was like when they were new believers in the Lord. Verse 44, all the believers, this is today's English version, all the believers continued together. All the believers continued together. Together. It's a big word. Watch this. Further defines together. In close fellowship. In close fellowship. And shared their belongings with one another. They would sell their property and possessions and distribute the money among all according to what each one needed. Day after day. Day after day. Day after day they met. They met. They had meetings. That's right. Day after day, they met as a group in the temple. Oh, my goodness. And they had their meals together in their homes. Eating with glad and humble hearts. Y'all, I love that. I love that. They met as a group in the temple. They were together. Close fellowship. You know, close fellowship. They were sharing their meals, eating with glad and humble hearts, praising God, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, enjoying the goodwill. How can you enjoy the goodwill of all the people if all the people aren't there? I mean, if there's, at least there's some and all that were there, it's more than one person. That's that, that's what I really want to try to get to. And what happens out of that and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and every day the Lord Added to their group those who were being saved. Wow, that's a great outcome. I mean, that's almost like the Great Commission being fulfilled right there because they were meeting together. There's something about getting together. And I want to go back to verse 44 and mention one thing here where it says, continue together in close fellowship. Now, a lot of people come I'm going to use this fellowship as an example, but it happens all over the place. A lot of people come into this fellowship and they, they, they come a few times and they say, Oh, man, I just love the love here. You know, I just, I love house, you know, and they start coming and they're here a lot and everything. Let me tell you what happens. What happens when you gather together with people is they begin to see who you are. You begin to see who they are. All the, it's like being married, except not quite as intense. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but it's really not too dissimilar. It's because when you're loved and you know you're loved by him, then you begin to relax a little bit and you let your guard down. And what happens is it gets to some of those vulnerable, very tender, touch us, if you will, places. And they're gone. They're gone. And sometimes we're gone. Sometimes we close up. And you know what? All of a sudden it's like somebody come to you. Why aren't you calling me anymore? You know, you ever had that happen with a friend that you thought you were close to? You know, that that friend that could finish your sentences, you know, and, and y'all laughed at the same things. And, and then all of a sudden you started really getting to know each other. And all of a sudden it's like, why don't you call me anymore? It's because there's a dynamic of meeting and getting together and getting to know each other and being close fellowship that is scary unless you are secure in who you are in God. And that's one of the things that we should be doing when we don't neglect 
our gathering, but we do gather together and we become a little more and a little more vulnerable as time goes on. Then we begin to minister to one another the grace of our God and Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Isn't that good? But that's where it is. You can't do it by yourself. You can hide by yourself. You can. But you won't grow. And you could be picked off. That's part of the worn part. Right? There's the courage and the warmth. Now, earlier that week, <clears throat> that very week that this happened, that they're, they're talking about, as Luke, <clears throat> Luke was writing here, earlier that week, there was another meeting. There was another meeting that result, resulted in some cool stuff in the uh, same version, uh, English version, Acts 1, Acts 2, I'm sorry, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, which is a celebration of the giving of the law, all the believers were gathered together in one place. What? All the believers were gathered together in one place. You with me? There was a meeting. They were having a meeting. And actually they were doing what Jesus told them. said, wait. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait in, yeah. Until you be endued with power. So, suddenly... They were together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. <clears throat> then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Y'all, they were at a meeting. They were at a meeting together. Certainly, God does some significant things in us when, when we're in solitude. He does. He can touch us. He can, sometimes we can hear better. But He also works in our gathering together. Consider the one another's. You can't do another, a one another by yourself. It's impossible. It just won't happen. And yet, the New Testament is full of one another's. You ought to just do a search sometime on one another's. Oh, my goodness. It's pretty amazing. But it takes getting together to do the one another's. They can only happen when and where we're with someone else, with others. Jesus speaks to doing these things together. And there's a promise from him. Now. This is out of Matthew 18, and, and many of you know that Matthew 18, we use that a lot on how we, how we exercise discipline within the church, right? Well, I want us to just consider something. The whole concept of being together and the fact that this whole passage and all the instruction that's in this passage would not work if there weren't a gathering. You can call it a church. You can call it an assembly. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Small group. You know, I, it doesn't matter. But the truth is that there's some people getting together who are believers. Right? So watch. Watch what happens. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Isn't that beautiful? Now, They had a relationship. They had a relationship prior to this event. 
And this going to a brother can only work if you've developed relationships prior. Otherwise, you're carrying a big load over a very flimsy bridge. Right? You can't do it. It, it won't happen. So, so again, there's that concept of being together, of meeting together. And yes, it can be organized. It can be. It doesn't have to be. But it usually works better if everybody says, you know what? We're going to go to the building at 1030. Okay. There's some organization there. And guess what? Travis is going to have some songs picked out. Whoop, there's some organization there. And, and you know, he's probably going to have a, a drummer and bass player and maybe, you know, John will sing along. There's some organization there. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's not ungodly, you know. There's a gift of administration in the Bible in Romans 12. I mean, it, it, there's something about that. But it's not for the purpose of organizing God or controlling God or telling him, are, everybody okay? Okay. Good. Good. I hope this is encouraging. So there's a, been a relationship established. And so he goes to the brother and his iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. In verse 16. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you. Now, where did those one or two more come from? Yeah, they came from the church. They came from the group. They came from the gathering, the in gathering, whatever you want to call it. Jesus gathered, didn't he? He gathered together. He puts the lonely in family. There's just a concept of, of coming together as a group. But if he does not to take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. And that's a quote. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Oh, my gosh, that's in the Bible. That's Jesus, right? Pretty amazing. Tell it to the church. That intimates that there's a church. There's a gathering of some believers that are committed to one another, who look out for one another, who build each other up in the faith, who brings, like in Ephesians, every joint supplies. Everybody brings something to the table. Of the church. That doesn't mean that every person has to preach a sermon through the. You know what I'm saying? But it does mean that you have something to give. And it also means that there are people that have something to give to you and that you need. You need. So, this happens to be the warning correction side <laughs> of, of getting together, but there's a safety there. There's a safety. It's like when you tell your child, don't run out into the street. Why? Because there may be a Mack truck coming along. And when I say stop, you stop. Not because I hate you. It's because I love you. I'd like to keep you around for a few years. I'd like you to leave home when you're 18. But for the time being, you know, <laughs> you stick around. If he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you. As a Gentile and a tax collector. And that would mean an unbeliever or the tax collector that nobody liked tax collectors. But who did Jesus minister to? He ministered to tax collectors. Zacchaeus? Come on down. 
Door number one, door, no, I'm going to your house today. I'm going to eat with you. So when he says treat him as a tax collector, he means don't fellowship with him like you are the church together in a group where you trust one another and you lean on one another and you're vulnerable to one another, but you continue to love that person into the kingdom. Right? Back into joy. Back into right living. And it's, and it's in the church that that happens. <laughs> we can't neglect it. We're foolish when we do. Does that make sense? Do you think I'm stretching this? I shall go on. Truly I say to you, when I watch this, now consider the context of this. I know Jesus does shift. Paul shifts sometimes. But consider the context of this. And We're talking about renewing a brother. We're talking about the church. We're talking about... One or two witnesses. And and watch what he continues in verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Now he's talking to a group of people. He's not talking to you as an individual just going out and going. I bound that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not about that. It's about a collective Power and agreement. It's easy to agree with yourself. I mean, sometimes I don't. You know, have, do you ever have arguments with yourself? It's like, listen, no. I hope not. Um, but you do. You present sides of a, of, a, of a conflict. You present, you know, like, well, now if I do it this way, it's, it, you know, it's going to have this result. If I do it this way, it's going to have this result. And you end up doing it that way, and the result is totally different. But this is an agreement thing. And you can't have agreement unless there's more than one, at least. And that is a group. It is together. So, in verse 19, again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three, and some say two or more, have gathered together, have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. That's awesome. Now, Jesus is with us by the Holy Spirit all the time. But there's a dynamic that perhaps we don't grasp entirely that a group brings. That's why, quote, church, unquote, is important. Whether it's church in the home, church on the golf course, it's just a gathering of believers for the purpose of of encouraging and warning. Funny story about a meeting. How are we doing? Everybody good? Woo! Good. This is a funny story. To me, this is a very funny story, actually, about a meeting. It's in Acts 20, Luke writes, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. I promise you I'm not going to do that. But they were gathered together. Paul was teaching, right? They were listening. Some of you remember Jay Festerman. We learned to listen for a long time. But it was good, wasn't it, Jerry? But we listened. And we gleaned and we grew. In the meeting. <laughs> Verse 8. There were many lamps in the upper room. Where we were gathered together, 
And there was a young man named Eutychus. I think that's close enough. Sitting on a windowsill. Now, just picture this. You picture, you've got this long meeting happening, right? And there's some young man, and he's sitting in the windowsill. You know, hope to get a little fresh air, you know? You know, maybe, maybe just rest his eyes just a little bit, you know, lean up against the windowsill. You know, I'm just imagining this. Sitting in the windowsill, sinking into a deep sleep. <laughs> and as Paul kept on talking... He was overcome by sleep and fell down from the third floor and was picked up dead. I don't, that's just funny to me. (laughs) That's a bad situation right there now. But Paul went down and fell upon him. And after embracing him, he said, do not be troubled for his life is in him. And when they were having a meeting, right? Okay. When we had, when he had gone back up and had broken the bread and eaten, he talked with them a long while until daybreak. Oh my goodness! And then left. They took away the boy alive and were greatly comforted. Y'all, they had meetings. I mean, we think our meetings are long. Not even close. But there was value. There was value there. And it's not just because they had great, a great band and a cool light show and some fog and, you know, or whatever. Or was a super dynamic speaker, although Paul was brilliant, right? I mean, we should have people that can at least talk. <laughs> you can judge that. Whatever. <laughs> But they took a boy away. They were greatly comforted. That's wonderful. That happened in a meeting. Acts 11, 19 through 26. Watch this. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution in Jerusalem that had occurred in connection with Stephen, remember Stephen was stoned, made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone. But... There were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Now, just envision that. A bunch of folks, man, are becoming believers in Jesus. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. The Lord just keeps adding. Watch this. And when he, found, when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped verse 25. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church. Yeah. They met together. They had meetings. (laughs) It's really okay. It's really biblical. We need to pray for people who 
don't see the value. Because the early church saw the value. Jesus saw the value. We may do it wrong sometimes. But there's potential when we're together to be led by the Holy Spirit into things that are valuable. There really is. That won't happen anywhere else or in any other kind of context. Relationships are built where iron can sharpen iron. Where we can encourage one another in our faith. Where we can adjust if necessary. If somebody gets out in left field somewhere. There's safety. There's security. There's an opportunity to be ourselves and receive grace from each other. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So getting together has some serious and valuable benefits. So one more time, Hebrews 10, in the message. And I'm going to go ahead a few verses prior. So friends, we can now without hesitation walk right up to God, into the holy place, Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. We've got to get there. Are you with me? To be able to gather together, we've got to get to the place where we understand this truth. That he loves us. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see. I love this one. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Encouraging love and helping out. You have to get together to do that. Not avoiding worshiping together, as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Y'all, I love that you're here. I do. It's good for you. It's good for me. Not because I have somebody to talk to (laughs) and get a paycheck at the end of the week or on Thursday. But because this is the church. This is the design, the divine design. And we need to be careful not to neglect it. Obviously, you aren't neglecting it. But we want to propagate that understanding. Not that we're trying to organize religion. We're not. We're just trying to meet together. Because that's what God has called us to do. And that's where he works. That's one of the places that he works. And he sets up relationship and connectivity where encouragement, grace, servanthood, helping, all of that can take place. Is that good? You good? I hope you're encouraged. And I hope it just lights a fire for all of us to be the church, to be the church with each other, confident in the Lord and who we are in Him, and be the church to the tax collector. 
to the unbeliever. You see what I'm saying? Not being the church for them, but being the mission, missional church, if you will. So anyway, I think that's where we need to go and what we need to be doing. A lot of us are and a lot of us aren't. Some of us have before and have fallen away from that. And so I would just ask for you to bow your heads and, and I'm just going to let it be silent for a little, little while, a few minutes. Let's just think about where we are. Ask the Holy Spirit to show each of you where you are in all of this. And uh, perhaps you might even want to make a, a commitment to him. And that might even flesh out in a commitment that you would like to make to someone else. To some one another's. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit witnessing with our spirit that we are your children. Lord, we thank you for the confidence that's ours as we trust you, rely on you, lean lean on you, believe in you. Lord, that we can be part of a body of believers where there's encouragement, Faith, even correction if necessary, but so much love, so much love. Father, may we be strengthened with every, with what every joint supplies. May we be strong for the mission. And as we go from this place today, let us always remember to love one another. (laughs) Amen.